Now it's a TV. <laughs> I'm the parent of the year. A lot of TV. It's like, you know Many what? Many TV. Hey, kid, go sit there. TV you know, raised me. <laughs> who probably hates the video about Lil Nas X the most are the people that probably don't have kids and never will have them. Yeah, because they don't give a fuck about any of this They're shit. white, woke people yeah. that have no kids. <laughs> this is Unlearn the World. And you're listening to Ratchet and Woke. Ratchet and Woke. Ratchet and Woke. You know the vibes once again It is another edition of the Ratchet and Woke Podcast Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram Shout out to everybody who listens to us on Spotify As well as the Block 105 every Saturday Shout out to y'all, thank you so much Lil MC, Unlearn the World We are back at it again Yes With a lot of uh, hot topics A lot of things are burning up the streets Oh my god, we have a great episode for you I am lit off of this Yerba Mate That'll do it. Because I had a really busy day. He hates me low key. So that's just the vibe. But I love myself enough for the both of us. (laughs) And that'll all make sense later when you see the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why you hate me? (laughs) No, no. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into these topics after you finish sipping your yerba mate. Okay. Um, so I have a lot to a talk about. A lot of about. things going on in the culture. Okay. Um, a lot of people so in uproars. You, you have put this on the table, and uh, I think that you should start us off with this Saweetie and Quavo fight footage. I never, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, you need to see that. This. You need to make it at your point to see it. I mean, oh, it, was, it was interesting. It's something to, be, to, to, to think about, because when I see things like this, right, when I see footage... Uh, first of all, it's it's always disturbing to see footage of a domestic dispute in somewhere. Wait, or another. they're like, actually fighting, not like, verbally. It's a physical fight. <gasps> He's like shoving her and like elbowing her into an elevator and in the elevator, like that. What? I don't know what the circumstances are behind it. I don't know what the context is, and I don't think context matters when it's like physical abuse. You know what I'm saying? And you know, a, a lot of different things could be factored in, but nonetheless. It's the thing that I always think about when I see footage like this, right? Whether it's a rapper hitting his significant other or a football player or any, it just, it, it, it just interesting how this, like this world thinks, right? Like we, we, we think of them as this star couple and, and, and things are all okie dory or whatever they're popping and there's money and whatever the case is. And we completely forget that they're human beings who have their own triggers, who go through real shit and it becomes an issue. Right. So, you know, it, I, I prayers to everybody involved. It's just something that was very disturbing to me when I watched it because I was just like, like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's unfortunate for her. It's unfortunate for him. It's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And then for people like myself and for others to be able to know that about your relationship and, and have an opinion on your life. And we, we all are reacting to it on like social media and shit. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's really the only in a way very bizarre kind of uh, world. This can be okay to me because I realize like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play the devil's advocate because this looks <laughs> pretty fucked up. The only way that this could be okay. And we'll never really know is if she was doing something to harm others or other people are getting hella crazy and he needed to like bring Or doing her. something to harm him. Yeah, and he needed <laughs> you know to put like, her I in think, the elevator. And that's not spoken enough of, uh, I don't think people speak enough about that. Oh, great. Women, can, I have another topic. <laughs> women who antagonize, who uh, 
physically will initiate the argument, right? Like, I think there's a lot of women who are like that, and this is not to blame women for anything, but I think that that's kind of like this unspoken thing, that there are there's a lot of toxic energy, and we spend a lot of time talking about toxic masculinity and what that represents and what that means, and I don't think there's enough conversations about women who are extremely toxic, right? Like it's I kind just of... did that song performance <laughs> on how toxic I am just right, moments but ago. I think, but I think with that said, I think when women talk about their toxicity, it's kind of honored, it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of nodded to people applaud it because it's a reaction to to toxic masculinity and i think that uh, yeah, all too often there are there are moments of toxicity that aren't warranted that come from a place of trauma that men often find themselves in a position of having to deal with even though they didn't they didn't initiated. I think more often men are the ones that do it, but it doesn't negate the fact that that, women don't. I've seen women do it. I've seen a lot of women do it. And women are not exempt from blame in altercations just because they're women. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, that women, women do it just as often as men do. I think still men are are very guilty for a lot of bullshit. But with that said, right. And, and this, again, this is not to say that I know what went on between them and that, uh, that, that, uh, Quavo is at all innocent in what he did. I just think it's very interesting. It's an interesting dynamic that brings up a lot of interesting conversations, but I think that's one conversation that people should be having, right? Without us knowing the full story or details of what was involved in their lives, that's something to consider. Can you not wave this pen like towards my eye? I feel oh, like I'm you're just... gonna stab me. <laughs> all right, all right. No, so that's all but, I gotta say about no, that. No, no, no. That, that was good. I, I actually, it, it kind of infuriates me a lot when women do kind of abuse the fact that they are women, so they can get away with a lot of bullshit. Because then it really minimizes the women that have been through really fucked up traumatic incidents because other women are recognizing that there's this Me Too movement going on now and they can exploit that for their own benefit. But I don't even think it's the Me Too movement. I just think it's, you know, and we've been we've been in our conversation with Najee and, and or, or, or Monty J later, right? We were kind of I will tell you why <laughs> I bring up Me Too in a moment if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, well, no, I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But I think it, it really is about paradigm shifting and people questioning the status quo. And if 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 patriarchy is the status quo then everything that patriarchy evolves into or the fruits of patriarchy have to then be questioned so what i think to your point i think that there are women who take advantage of that paradigm shift and, yes. and put themselves in a position of victim yes right and you know what i mean and then then, then once they're there enough, and they're insulated and supported by it then yes. there's not a lot of ways that you can and then you end up villainizing indict. and demonizing all men even good men and so then it's really ruining shit for everyone and the system of patriarchy in itself and toxic masculinity or or hypermasculinity or any the, the system in itself is is detrimental to everyone but that's not to say that every man is inherently evil you know it's it's right. like i i just here, I'll, I'll move into this next topic, which is why I'm kind of like yeah, yeah. heated so, about this. <laughs> so you were talking about, is this related to your Me Too movement take? Is yeah, that, okay. so like I bring up the Me Too movement as well because, you know, Cuomo just is now involved in this ah, sexual yes, harassment this scandal. Issue, yeah. And the whole scandal is that a bunch of women are now coming forward because they're saying that he kissed them on the cheek and like told them, not even told them they look good, just... just grabbed their face to kiss them on the cheek on both sides when he greeted them and they didn't like it and he apologized for it he didn't do anything else except for you know 
introduce himself or whatever, say hello and kiss people on the cheeks most time. I can't get why that's uncomfortable. I lived in fucking Spain where every single person fucking kissed me on the cheek every time I said hello to them. I didn't like it either. It's a custom for some people. Some people take advantage of the custom because they want to get close to your face. I get it. Let's not call, let's, let's call it for what it fucking is though, okay? Like, he didn't fucking rape anyone. Don't fucking make it out to be like that. He, I, I, I wouldn't even call it sexual harassment. I would just call it like a mis, misunderstanding almost. Like, like maybe further than that. But to demonize every single thing like that as sexual harassment is really infuriating to me. No, absolutely. I think it, I think it's infuriating for a lot of people who have your frame of thinking, but just to play devil's advocate to the devil's advocate, right? I believe that there are women out there without me knowing for sure, but I think that there is there would be an argument to be made that a lot of the things that we're saying, oh, that's just tradition, just just how people do, is very much rooted in patriarchy. One hundred percent. You know, what, you know what? There's women that don't even aren't even able to go to the fucking dentist because of their experiences with trauma, and I'm sure there are women that get touched on the face and really react and are triggered. I get that, and I a hundred percent can empathize with the women that feel uncomfortable. But what I don't like is blowing things like this out of proportion to such a degree that we're calling it like rape and, and things like that like when yeah, that's assault, not what it when it's not assault is. right like, like just just because i kissed you on your cheek because it's a tradition for me and not for you does not make this interaction and assault. i think that that tradition in itself is is gross and i agree with you on that but it's not rape okay it's not assault right. like that's not what that well, is I, I, me being unfamiliar with exactly what's going on are people saying that are people saying people, that he's like are saying it's assault and trying to get him out of office over this. This is insane. And they hired the same lawyer that defended all the, the women against Trump is the same lawyer for all the women against him. Very interesting. So you tell me what you think of that. Like, it's just I mean, I think there's also a lot of political and, and, and uh, sleazy New York politics at hand. It is 100% um, you know a lot saying? of politics, like Trump too. now being a civilian back in the norm, yeah. right? Trump's base is New York City, right? Cuomo would be considered somebody who was anti-Trump during his presidency, mm -hmm. especially during the last year in the election, COVID crisis, what have you. Um, so it's very likely that this could be political payback. And but this is also stuff that happened like two years politics. ago at a wedding. So I'm like, it, why is it resurfacing now? It's kind of the same thing when you were talking about like, oh, Black Lives Matters now, or we're canceling Hamilton now. It's the same thing. This was two years ago. Yeah, I think people take advantage of the moments. Exactly. Right, and then they, they use these moments to shift structure, shift, pair. you know what I'm saying? But like, what do you think is the problem when people do things like this? Like, I think that there's an obvious, you know, repercussions to to people that exploit trauma. Yeah, I think there's people who do exploit trauma. I think that the traumatized exploit their own trauma for their own benefit and whatever the reason. I think part of the pathway towards healing is no longer using your trauma as the driving motivating force for what you do in life. I agree with you 100%. And you know I also think there's a lot of people that don't exploit their trauma and try and just suffer silently through it. And I think that by by demonizing something like kissing you on the cheek instead of really focusing on things that are like actually really fucking people up is, mm -hmm. is just like, uh, is just misguided. 
No, it's 100% misguided, but who, who are we not as Americans if we're not misguided, right? We're totally yeah. a misguided people, right? Which brings me to the next point of this all, the reason, the reason we're even talking about this or having conversations about this. And in many cases, for me, when I see stories like this, it's a distraction story. There's something else going on mm-hmm. in the world of politics, whether it's whether it's our dollar inflating, whether it's laws being passed, there's something else going on that nobody wants us to pay attention to. There's so a, he has a lot of shit things, right now, right? by the way. Like, like so you could, he, you he has a lot of scandals this, going this, on yeah, right Scott, now, so. political scandals in New York City, little Nas X, all in the same week, like this, you gotta start looking at the laws being passed. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see shit like this happening and the sensationalism, I start looking at Congress and what laws are being passed because they're, what they're trying to do is they're giving us the, 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 what is the, the Kansas City shuffle? You look one uh-huh. way when something else is going on the, yeah. the other way. And that's exactly everybody's here talking and looking in this direction. Meanwhile, policies are being created for the next five or 10 years that you're going to be victim to that nobody is seeing or talking about. So it's just a very interesting dynamic. I think that if they're going to cancel Cuomo for this, then they need to cancel that fucking Bob Barker dude on Family Feud that was kissing everyone on the mouth. What's that guy's <laughs> name? Richard Dawson? The, yeah, the Family Feud old guy. Well, there's Bob Barker, who's Price is Right. Okay, and the other Richard guy. Dawson, who Richard Dawson. Da- yes. Didn't he kiss everyone on the face? Oh, I think you're talking about Bob Barker. He oh, might have. He kissed yeah, one he of those have, old yeah. dudes that everyone fucking loves? Yeah. He can kiss everyone and give them all like French kisses while he goes down the line. And who is this, Sherry Smith? <laughs> you're looking lovely. And we have Cindy here, too. And little Lucy Lou. Let me make out with all of you. Yikes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, creepy shit here. goes on. Um, all right. So that was that. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you want to go in another rant or do you want me to rant? No, let's just go into whatever else you got. Um, you wanted to clarify for all the fucking idiots on Facebook about what you meant by, uh, hip hop and fast food and how hip hop never. <laughs> so yeah, I put a place, I put a post on Facebook the other day. Um, I was quoting myself in a lyric saying that like they use hip hop to sell McDonald's, but they don't use it to sell health food. Right. And, the majority of the responses I got from that line or that insight were all these links of rappers talking about health food or having health food references in their songs. <laughs> and I think people were missing the point. So allow me to clarify yes. for you motherfuckers. I was not making the, I was not of the position, nor was I touting the position that hip hop does not talk about health food. If anything, hip hop talks about it more than any other genre of music. There are plenty of rappers who have matured in age who now talk about healthy living, healthy lifestyles, who who are invested in it personally and financially. There's a lot of that movement going on in the culture of hip hop. What I'm specifically speaking about is hip hop as a social engineering mechanism used by corporations to perpetuate self-destructive lifestyles and behavior patterns that are antithetical to the people who this music is here to help and heal, right? So what we're talking about are corporations like a McDonald's partnering with a Travis Scott or others to push their bullshit, right? But they we're not having the same kind of bags being offered up by Whole Foods to partner with the locks who've been doing, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But th- that you, would be we, hell, I would but we hate laugh at that it. If that happened, we, we, I would hate we laugh. The if they okay, but my food. point is, we laugh at it, right? But they have had successful health food or health juice stands in New York City for the last ten years, right? They know the marketplace. They're professionals in this right. It's how they continue to make a living regardless of hip hop. This is something that they have chosen to do. So why not have that kind of partnership? 
Right, because it's not cool. It doesn't it I think speak that's to what it is. I, I think, it's, I think it seems is. a little... Well, uh, I think we also have to start normalizing certain behavior patterns as cool. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the, that was, I think to me, at least, the thought of the locks doing Whole Foods But it doesn't like even need to be a lock. I'm bringing up a, a weird example, but it could be any other Freddie kind of Gibbs hippie doing Jamba rapper. Juice. Like, I can't you know with saying? that shit. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I don't think Jamba Juice is the healthiest of things, but my point is that we're we're... We've yet to see those kind of partnerships, right? We've seen a lot of partnerships in the world of hip-hop over the last two years. <laughs> Flaxseed, Milk, and Nas <laughs> partnering up. Yeah, you know, I mean... Luna bars. Maybe, yeah, maybe Flaxseed and Luna bars <laughs> and is a little Griselda. bit of a stretch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shade but kiss and prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, no okay yeah but my 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 point remains right like we laugh at it because it doesn't seem cool to us yes right but we're we're all like oh travis scott got his own fucking big mac he he got the bag for that yeah we're celebrating but no we don't recognize for the next 10 years people who love travis scott may be inclined to start purchasing a product that's going to damage them that's not no different than alcohol not by accident Right, it's exactly. That's my. That was my. That that's kind of what the the point I was trying to make. Yeah, it wasn't the white that, man is trying to kill black but it's people not even, faster. It's, all right, we could we could say the white man, but you know it's corporations. I like corporations. to say corporations more so than the white man because there's a lot of black people doing the same fucked up shit. Right, a lot of non, a lot of POC people uphold white supremacy for their own selfish purposes and endeavors. Ah, but that's another like conversation. Women upholding <laughs> toxic masculinity. Exactly. Everyone is guilty. Just yes. fucking own your own shit. You know? Exactly. Okay. What else do we got? Um, I wanted to talk about NFTs because I minted my first. You NFT minted today. your first NFT. Congratulations! Yeah, I was uh, helped by the NFT expert Kayla Love, who just wrote an entire book on NFTs mm-hmm. in like Friend of the show. two fucking just days overnight. <laughs> yes, happy belated. Yeah, and yeah, we we went and she took me through the whole process of minting a piece of work. So what I did was I I minted an unreleased track that I'm going to release on the 11th. And so I, I included cover art, lyric sheet, the track, and there's only five that will ever be created as NFTs ever. And I just put it up for auction. So anyone can bid on it, um, starting with 10, 10, oh my God, what's the coin call it? I forget. And you, it, it's pretty much equivalent to like 70 cents. Okay. So it's like a year. It's like the comparison of like a euro to a dollar. Okay. Pretty much. Um, and yeah, so people can just bid on it for, for the next 10 days. Nice. Um, and it just stays there on auction and you, and, and there's only, I'm the a thousand and first member on the, on the site right wow. now. Yeah. All right. There's not awesome. a lot. So super. Well, congrats on that. That's big. That's big. You yeah. Know? It, took a, it took a while. People are, people are, uh, you know, thinking about this NFT space and what it means for artists, what it means for digital music moving forward. And my take on it is I think, I think. There is an amazing opportunity right now for the independent artists to start really thinking about outside the box in terms of their creativity and how it relates to NFTs, mm-hmm. right? I think there's an amazing opportunity for the next mm, three months. Yeah, I don't think it's going to last forever. I think after three months, the game is over. Meaning, but, hold, but hold on, let me okay. finish my point. When I say the game is over, meaning that the market's going to regulate itself in the same way that like Spotify, if you were early on Spotify, if you were early on some of these digital platforms, people soaked you up. I remember at the beginning of Spotify, I had like 50,000 monthly listeners. My songs were like in the 50s, hundreds of thousands of streams because there was no other shit in the marketplace like that. 
right? Now it's a saturated marketplace. So then after not putting out music immediately following my debut release, all that shit goes away, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're fucked, right? Like then you have to start from scratch. You have to start from ground zero, whatever the case is. I think the same is going to apply in the world of NFTs. I think the first few thousand people are going to get in there and be able to secure a couple of bags and get some things really popping, especially if they're very knowledgeable about the space. But as soon as the big boys start coming in, they're headed here. It's going to go, it's going to normalize. Doesn't mean that people are X'd out. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be a market for the independent artists to really make money. It just means that it, the market's going to normalize. And, and here's why I, here's, it's, what I find is very interesting is that we're now having this NFT conversation, right? Literally three months after a wave of artists just signed their master rights and their publishing rights off to this bigger company who was buying it, Right. Remember, we were talking two, three months ago that this one company was buying Mm -hmm. Lil Wayne's publishing. They were buying Bob Dylan's publishing. This one uh, Mattel bought Death Row Records' entire catalog. Well, I well no, what we could go on the deep end there. But what what I'm realizing after reading an article is that this is where the market's going to go. They're buying all this shit as assets because they are going to make NFTs out of this, right? Mattel. Or the people who own Death Row Records are now re-releasing Death Row materials as NFTs because they own the rights to it. So in the same way that when the CD was invented, they rebranded every single master recording and mm-hmm. sold it as a CD. In the same oh. way that when the MP3 came out, they, they repackaged everything and made it an MP3. They're going to repackage all the master recordings of these really phenomenal, well-known artists and make them into NFTs. So when... I'm a consumer in this marketplace. I can be like, look, I can get a minted fucking Bob Dylan song or a Little Wayne record that's unreleased, or I can go with MC so-and-so and buy his shit. I'm going to go not, here. It's not right? meant for the, it's not meant for, it's meant for collectors. That's what, but that's my point, for. right? It, it is collectors, and collectors right? might want things that are already big, but also they're for people that aren't hip. The reason why it's so dope for hip hop artists in these smaller spaces and specifically in the space that, I'm in. It's there's different places to trade NFTs. Right. Um. The one that I've been using is the one that Kayla introduced us to. That's that's different and doesn't use as much energy as the other one. Right. 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 Do. And we need and we need to have her only, on the show at some point to kind of break down yeah, the energy thing. And it's only a thousand. It's only there's only a thousand people in that that are auctioning right now. And right. I'm one of like there's like not very many hip hop artists so. Uh, it's not a saturated market as all, at all. Right, that's what and I'm saying now. But I know, give it but, three months. Okay, listen. So <laughs> what I'm saying is the people that are coming in to buy the NFTs are not people that go to buy music. They're not music consumers. They're people in the tech world that want to own property. So the same way that you might just buy up a bunch of shit, you might buy up really good pieces of land. You might buy up huge mansions or you might buy little shitty pieces of land that might someday become valuable for some weird reason. Like it's just someone that wants to collect is not necessarily only going to want to collect the big Lil Wayne's and the Busta Rhymes, even though, yeah, those are the ones that are going to probably get the most money, but it doesn't mean that they won't buy from the little independent artists that might someday I'm not saying up. that they won't. I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just saying that the market is going to regulate itself at a certain point. Right? Yeah, they will. But it's also, like you said, you have to be really knowledgeable and you, someone needs to invite you and show you step by step how to do this. 100%. So it's yeah. going to take, I agree with you that it's going to regulate itself, that it's going to eventually become a point 
where it's not going to be as profitable. But I also think that, you know, don't jump the gun in saying that it's not going to possibly be successful because... Oh, no, that's not... I'm, I'm not taking that... I've never taken that position. That's not my position. My position is that it could be very successful. I think that it's going to be very successful for few, right? I don't think... You know what I'm saying? Or it could be very successful for a lot of people in the beginning, right? Kind of like a gold rush, right? And I think we've been we've been talking about this over like the last few shows, like this hit a lick culture, this catch a wave culture, right? It's, Ultimately, it's gold rush culture. It, it's investment. It's the same way that people invest in Bitcoin or altcoins. Like people are going to, people want to invest their money in things that are decentralized now, things that are not going to lose value. They want to democratize the status quo. And like, you know, and I, and I get that and I'm all for it. And I think that there, like I said, I think there's opportunity for artists to be able to think about their creativity in a brand new way that the NFT world is going to allow and then allow them to profit greatly from it, right? Provided that you are knowledgeable in it and you get in at the right time. But that that right time is like now. And yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we're going to be having the same conversations about the hype of NFT come October. I Let's don't think see. so. We'll I mean, see. I'm very interested. But I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing myself. I just, I'm starting to put two and two together, right? And I'm starting to see that we're even having these conversations. And now you start to have these big boys who have been holding and sitting on these catalogs, starting to move into the NFT world. And I'm putting two and the two together and recognizing, oh, that's the play. Why else were they going to be buying these 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 catalogs? Why oh, yeah. else were they're, they going to be buying? They're going to make lots publishing? of money off it. So they're you know what I'm saying. So that's the play. So that's that's what I'm just seeing. Yeah, you know I think I mean? that, but they're and not competing for against the indie artists. I don't think they're competing or they're trying to cancel out the indie yeah, artists. Yeah, not at all. Because there's just like there's some people that can afford certain you know some people can afford ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. Some people can afford. 100 Bitcoin, it's the same thing. Right. Like, people will buy what they can afford. And it's for anyone can can auction. Anyone, any, just the same way anyone can invest. Anyone can join Robinhood and invest. You can buy, like, a fractional share of Amazon, or you can buy a whole share. Like, I, I just... I think that you're absolutely right, but I think that it doesn't negate the fact that people can still be successful and make more money than they've ever made, especially as independent artists that make fractions of a penny for every stream that they get using this platform, you can make more money than you've ever made on through streaming. If you do it the right way and are creative. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I I agree with that. Um, you were talking about the, the change in the, the music industry. And I was this, this, uh, the man that I work for, he shared this graph with me that I thought was super interesting and you might want to look at. Um, it's, where is it? Um, it's like the, the price of, of physical of people buying physical copies of music versus st- uh, streams over mm-hmm. the course of the past from 1990 to 2016. Um, did you get a chance to look at that? I I think I've seen something similar. I think sh- people have shown me like the world of vinyl is going up rapidly, right? Versus yeah. CDs or um, you know, in the versus streaming or whatever the case is. People are more likely to buy a physical copy of something than they are to buy a digital copy of anything. So this is from 1990 to 2016. So and a lot of changes from a lot has changed from 2016 to 2021, obviously. But as you can see, like there's a shit ton of blue, which is CD albums from 1990 all the way, even until like 2005, people were still buying a lot of CDs. Mm -hmm. And then streaming starts, starts coming in around 2004. And then you see like a drastic drop off in physical CD buys in 2009. And now it's just like, then it just automatically becomes to like all, fucking streamings and downloads and 
even but even in itself like just the how much people spend on music has dropped significantly 100%. over the past you know 20 years 30 years it's really really interesting like that the devaluing of music now yeah i mean and it, it's it's commerce catching up with technology i don't think they foresaw the changing of the guard back then right you're right about the vinyl albums too because look yeah. there's no vinyl albums here vinyl is black and then vinyl has like come come out of nowhere. Yes, it's, it's so starting to make a comeback. But I think like the the music industry wasn't ready for a Napster. They weren't ready for the digital world. They weren't ready for the MP3. They had to play a lot of catch up. They had to literally revise their contracts into 360 deals because of it, right? So like I, you know you you have commerce trying to catch up with technology and we're doing the same with with digital streams going into the nft world because i think what the nft world is and the benefit of it is that you're now it's it's similar to a digital cd right it's similar to there's only except there's only a finite amount of copies of this that you can buy and that in and of itself is valuable so mm -hmm. i think it does regulate the playing field you know with regard to that and digital streams, it's, it's interesting that they've devalued music, but they use it for everything. Yeah. No, I mean, I think <laughs> you know we devalue saying? art in general. Like the, the, the first classes to ever get cut are art classes. 100%. And, and you don't, people don't understand how essential it is to human nature. Like I've probably said this on the podcast already, but my dad shared this insight with me that there are three things that are quintessential to humans and only exist within humans. Um, and that is, Art, laughter, and always and, and their desire to search, search for answers. Yeah. Like other animals and creatures, at least to they our don't knowledge, have that, don't right. have that. They don't laugh. Right. Culture. They don't create art. And you know what I'm saying? Some level of answers. culture, artistic culture. That's what human beings, that's our offering to the world, right? But I think that that speaks to our divine nature. Right, our ability to create is something that is inherently mm -hmm. divine. So teaching and children that art is not valuable is basically trying to remove the divinity. Now you, them. now you talking that talk exactly. That's where we're going with it. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So I think that there is value in teaching people to be creative. Yes, it sucks in terms of commerce because now it's a saturated market. But I think on the flip side, and we've talked about this before, I think that people tapping into this divinity that is creativity can change. This is why we're having all these paradigm shifts because mm -hmm. now we're having a whole new wave of creative people. So now everybody's questioning what status quo is. You know what I'm saying? So like this is a great segue into the conversation that we have with Amani Jade about Lil Nas X and just creativity in general. So let's let's get to that. Damn. This thing is recording. We here. Lil Nas X, go. <laughs> Triple X. Oh, we here with uh, the the go to expert on what the streets are saying. About... I see what you did there. Goat two. I see what you did there. She oh. she, she she peeped the two. Ah! <laughs> Let me get yeah. the intro off right, before we start making jokes. <laughs> I'm just saying. We here with we got a Monty Jade here. She has her ear to the streets on what's going on, what the word is with Lil Nas X, what the culture has to say about it, how they're responding. The people are up in arms, very very angry, or they're not angry. Public outcry. So we're here and with public Monty. support. <laughs> we're here with Monty Jade, friend of the show. Uh, you already know her. We talk about her all the time. She's an amazing MC educator, created the Women's Empowerment Curriculum with me. She's just a beautiful, wonderful human. And, and today she's going to drop some knowledge on you. So what do you got for us? What have you learned? Tell me more. 
I'm just kidding with me. <laughs> I learned, first of all, a lot of stuff. I mean, okay, like, how far have y'all gone down the rabbit hole? Because you I mean, got... So there's several rabbit holes, right? Like, there's a lot of people yes. who would be of the mind to really dissect the music video in and of itself and do all the necessary analysis to show how this is all big Illuminati plot. So mm. there's that audience. <laughs> there's the audience that is of the other hotep wool and fabric that wants to point to the emasculation of black men and the agenda to effeminize the black man. There's that yes. pocket oh, of people. Children you know what I'm saying? This? No, this is, I, I, I wake up like this. This is, I'm on today. You know what I'm saying? So, so there's those two schools of thought, right? Mutually exclusive, but also overlapping intersectional mm -hmm. identities, oh, right? And then there is the more marginalized and very vocal supportive group of, of people who recognize this <laughs> as a, as a somewhat of a milestone moment for the LGBTQ community and mm -hmm. what is allowed to be done in, in, in the public spaces, you know? And then it also leads to the larger issue of homophobia and misogyny within the hip hop community and whether or not this is considered hip hop, whether or not homo, uh, uh, LGBT, LGBTQ um, lifestyles are accepted within the hip hop community. So there's a lot of things to unpack. So this is why we need, we need the extra well, firepower sure. <laughs> in this I'll analysis. So, Amani Jade, I, I, I leave the floor to you. Take it away. Yes. Okay, so our um, rabbit hole first led us. So, you know, me and Najee just did a whole thing on his Twitch stream called React Black. One, we've had this idea for a long time, or well, uh, plenty of ideas. But so this, this is a new series for y'all. This is exactly. a new iteration of y'all dynamic, which you've exactly. done. Okay, cool. Doing what y'all do doing with honey gold and ajman do just exactly just doing the dang thing yes and so it's called react black and it's a play on words because first of all we're reacting to something but second of all there's this idea to me of like standardized blackness and what it means to act black and it was such a perfect thing to start off with this like super controversial video that brought out all the different ways you know that that we may feel about it. Um, black people. When you say we, you're referring to black people. Exactly. As, as black. Conscious. Right. Okay. Act, the reactions of the blacks. Right. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was really deep. We looked over his genius videos. Um, what do they call it? Verified. Where he yeah. goes line by line and he talks yes. about it, mm -hmm. and it was so good. First of all, because he sounds so good, like he's so, he's really talented. He's right. literally doing the hums and then breaking down what something you would have never thought of. Why are you explaining? Why you say hmm hmm? Why are you explaining it? Uh, yeah. Definitely think people should go check it out. He's telling the story of something that really happened, which is he was trying to get with somebody. He was feeling like a simp he was like very interested he didn't know if the dude was gay and so on and so forth so the song itself in the video it's like two different um Concept? whole narratives going on almost obviously they go together but you can definitely have one and it's full without the other mm -hmm. you can watch the video with no sound and just be like wow the effects 
the wigs. It's the wigs for me. And that's how many people will receive this in general, just so we're clear, right? Many people will watch the video and not even think about the song. The song will become an afterthought because yeah. they're they're so um they're so engaged in the visuals of it. And then there are other people who may hear the song and then hear things in the song that they may raise an eyebrow or two to. Um without even thinking about the visual or how it relates. So there's different ways of interpreting this. Exactly. Um, something he brought up is, as far as breaking down the lyrics is just how he wants to normalize having these raunchy conversations, but in the realm of a same-sex relationship. Because it's not new to have raunchy lyrics and, and ideas in mainstream music, hip-hop music, popular music right um it's just if anything hip-hop is a standard bearer for raunch and breaking those paradigms right period right. uncle luke so <laughs> take it back as far luke? as you would like i just got called uncle luke no uncle, <laughs> no just no she's referring to uncle I'm just luke kidding. <laughs> that's hella funny you can call him uncle luke <laughs> i don't want to be anybody's uncle nor do okay I <laughs> But okay. that'll oddly enough be the name of this episode. So okay. continue. Great. <laughs> so my first response was, oh, I think, okay, I'll, well, I'll tell you this point that I, we made too. I feel like people's uh, first introduction to it has a big impact on like, you know, going into it, which you're obviously expecting. Like I first heard about it and saw it on like black, r slash black people Twitter which is, I guess, kind of the woker side of uh, Reddit and very the black part of Reddit. There's not many black parts of Reddit, I would say. Mm -hmm. And everybody was just super like, let him live. Like, oh, they mad. Like, people are super triggered and Christians. Uh, who, what's the group? The group that's like super, the Moms extra. Against, like, the evangelists. 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 Evangelist yes. Christians are really up in arms. Wow. Are they even allowed to have internet? Like, isn't that like a sin? So why the fuck are they watching this shit? Yeah, it's the devil's box, you know? Well, that's what I was wondering. I said, how do they know? But yeah, you, that's what you and me were talking about. Like, if you're so Christian, how do you even, why do you even watch YouTube ever? Yes. Yeah. How did you find out? Well, let's not get into the hypocrisy of the way church goes. You know, the religion of the dollar is really something that I think um, everyone can agree on. <laughs> whatever side of whatever uh, demographic you're in, wow. uh, the church knows that very well. And if you look at what he did as an artist and how his Satan shoes sold out, wow. he, he is really, uh, right. he really devout well, I mean, about the religion of the dollar. For, to be fair, rather, um, <laughs> it's marketing right and controversy sells so it's not necessarily the religion of the it's dollar as you it's the so exact same marketing tactic as walk 100 percent, 100 percent. i don't i don't see the difference genius in yeah no genius completely genius Do completely you know trolling to? is he signed to atlantic like uh cardi b because i'll look it up atlantic records is like notorious for signing like the the uh social media sensations which is why they <laughs> sign people like cardi b and like bad bobby all these other people but continue mm -hmm. um as she looks this up Amani. Mm -hmm. sorry sorry we're doing a lot well i found out that lil nas x used to be like a super Nicki minaj stan he used to have like a uh he used to run a fan page for Nicki minaj he used to make memes so he's like came up in this 
masterful meme meme internet like genius social media savvy kind exactly of and so he's just like utilizing that if you look at his uh his posts on youtube he just keeps putting stuff out he put out a uh, little nas x apologizes and then you see like the image and it looks like it's he feels bad and then five seconds in he goes into like a clip of the video <laughs> it's so funny because he's just he's just so successfully trolling people I something that. i thought was interesting was that um <clears throat> which let me know it's not a serious in my mind it's not as serious as they is people are making it but that's exactly what they wanted to happen mm-hmm. is the fact that the the company he put the satan shoe out with put a jesus shoe out like nine months ago that yeah they had like a so holy water shoe exactly yeah what i'm like that? you think this is about taking a stand it's not it's about capitalizing yes and not taking a stand as far as like you should actually uh follow satan i mean you th- the best kind of takeaway though like is that really what people are taking away from this that some people satan should be worshipped like that's what some people, you, haven't you seen it? Some people truly. I mean, I've, see, like, I've seen a lot of the backlash. I just, I, I I'm just not okay. I, on I need to board pause. with a lot of these criticisms. What about right, the music either. videos where people are murdering people and shit like that? Like that we don't, or like shooting people, or like no one seems to have an issue with that. But there's an a, the saying he's not a fucking well, real that's not a real fucking thing well again like, to be fair right for for a lot of people especially in the united real. states regardless of the fact for a lot of people in the united states satan is very real right like there are a lot of there is a very hyper religious community even people who are somewhat religious believe that these entities these these ideas are real things so like you know just to just to right. put it out yeah there, no right? Like, so. right i get that but i think that hollywood in itself is not somewhere that you turn to for your religious belief <laughs> like verified and upholded like what the fuck are we talking Definitely about not. but this is the thing people are re- the real reason is people cannot think well of anybody or anything that's gay that's, that's- the is. real thing that's really 100%. happening now people are um so but to, to to double down on it right it's not only homophobia right it's black homophobia in a well, hyper masculine you know genre saying? which is hip-hop. there you go good point but and then okay and that's another topic i don't even consider this hip-hop and i never mm-hmm. have considered little nas x uh the, to pro- be the production is hip-hop 100 percent yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's hip hop, right? In the same way that somebody like Post Malone can have trap drums behind his guitar and get out on every single media publication, be like, "No, I don't represent hip hop. This is not rap. This is not hip hop." Yes, I may have trap drums and eight oh eights, but this isn't hip hop. But right? I'm not a rapper. Or me I personally, I just personally, I don't. I have never, and this has always been the debate with Lil Nas X, whether or not he represents the hip hop community or not. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think so either. Part of the hip hop. I mean, okay, this is, I don't know. He doesn't represent hip-hop. Again, like, not a lot. Who does represent hip-hop? Right, but I don't know? even think his music should be considered hip-hop. I think that was the biggest issue, and that's part of the it's controversy that moved music, him. Though. Right, but it doesn't mean that it's hip-hop. It doesn't mean that it's rap. I think that was the main issue. Yeah, when I don't he, think it's rap. When Lil Nas X came to prominence, it was because he put out a song that went viral, and it was considered a 
country song. But mm-hmm. country being racist in, in, in and of itself mm-hmm. didn't agree that it was a country song because it was a black guy doing it because it had trap drums, regardless of the, of the subject matter of the song, regardless of the arrangement, the cadences, any of that. They still said, nope, he's black and it has drums on it. This is hip hop or this is rap. So I think just by virtue of being excluded from nope, the genre that he wanted right. to be in, right. he ended up in this rap world. And then by being in the rap world, he is judged in a certain way. This is the same conversation we have with like Lil Flower Nasty and Sarah Arnold's music, right? Which I think, and I, as a producer, thought it was an R&B record, but most mm-hmm. people who account for it consider it rap because of the cadences and whatever the case is. And I, I never agree with that because I listen to it and I hear the textures, I hear the arrangement. I'm like, this is more R&B than it would be rap because if we were to consider it rap, you then have to place all these different criterias on what rap is and she doesn't fit those criteria. So rap, you're faced with those same level of criteria as a Lil Nas X record is considered. But that's a a side point. I think it's like the same shit, like look at the Grammys, like who, who, you know, like Roddy Rich, is he rap? Like, you know... it's just like hip-hop inspired music that doesn't have a genre like there's not a lot of homeless hip-hop yeah for reals though yeah no i think you know i mean we can make a we can we can do a case-by-case analysis of different artists and whether or not they represent rap music or hip-hop i would imagine that a person like roddy rich would consider themselves a rapper I would imagine that a person like St. John may not consider himself a rapper as opposed to other artists. But, you know, regardless of the fact, I think that there is that lane of, of and that brand of hip hop, that brand of rap. I don't think Lil Nas X even fits in that. I think he is, he's a musician and he may, he pulls from, he pulls from current textures, right? Yeah. So that's a hip hop texture. That's a country music texture. That's a um, pop music texture. And he's putting out music and that he's putting out art and it's successful art. It's art that people are responding to. It's art that evokes a response. It did it back then. And I think people kind of feel, and this is not my opinion, but I think what the part of the backlash is <laughs> this idea that there was a bait and switch involved, right? Which happens often with pop stars. Right, you come up very wholesome. Ooh. All these kids love your records. Mm-hmm. Your fans are like eight-year-olds, and then you want to step out of your own box and Miley do something Cyrus edgy, shit. and then everybody right. hates you and vilifies you for it. Right. Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, the, the list goes on and Selena on. Gomez. But you, I think you had a point in Imani. You, you were going to say something when you yes, said, "Ooh, this like, was a whole thing." On Naji posted something today on on a. Facebook talking about somebody just said at some point, let's be real. You was listening to Three Six Mafia. You was listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony. DMX had satanic imagery. The people are mad because he's gay. And so, so many people wanted to comment about this and be like, it's not about that. And then make it about Christianity. But then they still brought up kids. Like, but it's kids, but it's family. Like, he, he, like you just said. Um, he's catering to kids, kids. (laughs) but Najee came with the facts. Like if you listen to his first project, uh, one of seven songs could be kids bopped and it was. And so just because a bunch of families wanted to make it like, let's do the kid bop version and let's do it. Doesn't necessarily mean right. that's I think what he made it for. People who are who are making the arguments on wholesome family values are just mad be, that there's not another thing that they can distract their kids with. 
right? Like, right. They have to do some parenting and explain and sift through some bullshit, right. right? Rather than you just giving your kid your phone and they look at a screen for three hours while you're doing work or making dinner or whatever the case That's is. Now they got to worry about right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't watch so think... that, right, Adrian? <laughs> and sometimes you got to do that, but like, like he was saying, also on his uh, on the thing, he's like his daughter who lives in Florida. He got the phone. He sees every app she downloads. She can't even get the adult YouTube right. until she's like thirteen, and then when she's thirteen, we'll have a whole conversation about it. But that is what's required as a person who takes care of and raises children. The artist who creates the art is not raising your children. Mm -hmm. 100%. The thinking is just so flawed. I mean, once you talk with more people, you just see that people are really triggered. And most of it, I think, has to do with the anti-gay feelings. It's very hard for people to think well. People be like, I'm not really religious, but... that's Satan I'm like either you believe in the story and the characters or you don't and if you think you're not religious but you still find yourself believing in the story let's say it was like a piece of literature and there's a character and his name is Satan it's the obviously religion is in you Right. It's the narrative that people have grown up with. So even if they don't consider themselves religious, Christian, spiritual, whatever the case is, you have grown up accustomed to a certain narrative, a certain frame of thinking rooted in this mythology. Right, which is what it is. It's a mythology. Right. But what about all the bitches that be dressing up like little devils for Halloween? We're all cool, and they're little babies up like devils. But like, I, I would, I would imagine that? that the same people arguing about this are the same people that argue about that. They're I don't the think same so. People I that think, argue about like you know. I think people are genuinely like, like you're saying, like uncomfortable seeing you know, like. They just they don't like acts. Satan and they don't like gay yeah. people. So when and Satan and gay I people are like lap dancing, I'm hella jealous a... that he came up with this idea before me. Like I'm trying to partner <laughs> with Lil Nas X and like twerk on Satan with him. Like I think it's a fucking dope. Right. I love it, and I think people need to get used to it because there's gonna be a lot more non heteronormative fucking people coming up with music and making music videos, and people need to get the fuck over it. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think we currently live in the changing of the guard, right? Like we we live in a complete paradigm shift, and I think that that's what's so interesting about being turn of the century, right? Like from 1980 until like 19 2020, like these last 40 years have been the turn of the century, and in that turn of the century, things have evolved, thinking has evolved, things have developed that has caused an older group of people or people who subscribe to older frames of thinking to be honestly disturbed and perturbed by what has emerged, the progression that we have evolved into, the thinking that we have evolved into that relates to race, that relates to sexual identity, that relates to economic paradigms, that relates to a lot of different paradigms that they're all shifting. We all think it's going to be like the movie 2012 (laughs) and the world's going to topsy-turvy. No, perspectives are going to change before the earth shifts. Right? Mm. That's really ultimately what's going to come down to it, right? Perspectives are going to change. How our kids decide to run this earth is going to be vastly different from the way that we grew up in this and the way that we run it because they're going to recognize on one level or another, regardless of where you land on issues, something's really fucked up that we're, we don't have the, the best control over it, right? Like if Christianity was so great, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, 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 Well, the Christians <laughs> won. I mean, they they, you know, they but, determined the year based on when fucking Jesus Christ died. But my, my, my point is that people are questioning all of this, right? 
because it's, it's no different than you or anybody going through their own adolescence and recognizing that sometimes your parents are full of shit and maybe you not listen to them. Like some, we all go through that at one level or another, but we've never seen it done collectively by an entire generation that has looked at every generation that has preceded it and said, you know what? You guys are full of shit. We're going to figure it out ourselves. I have a question. And that's, that's, that's really what it came down, what it comes down to. It's a generational divide in perspective where the younger people, younger people, generation Z, really don't give a fuck what Generation X or the baby boomer generation cares about. But does right? Gen Z, are they for this, Amani, in your research? Like, does Gen Z, are they supportive of Lil Nas X or not? Um, I can't say. Uh, they have, they're not, like, canceling him like Eminem and Dr. The only person I saw cancel him was what you said earlier, the extra i'm an extra woke black person and i'm concerned about black boys becoming gay because they watch something that's gay right. exactly okay. yeah that's the only person i saw who was talking about canceling um literally was with tears in their eyes and to me i'm like listen if this evokes the fact that you care about the health and well-being of black children don't let that that's a good indicator that maybe you should show up for black children in your life the ones who are around you, once you help to raise, but don't let that then focus on that. That's what that's an indicator of. You care, go do something about it. You can, but this whole idea that black people ain't gonna populate black, we don't have no problem making no children, but let's deal with the fact that we want to be status quo about how we deal with each other, how we deal with kids, how we raise kids. The status quo is not healthy for us. So right. something that challenges that because it might not perpetuated is not like think a little bit past that also no one ever turned gay or straight by watching things that were gay or were straight seriously but i think like ultimately going going back to the point that i was trying to make is that i think gen z has decided that we're just they're gonna do it on their own hold on let's ask you niaji do you know lil nas x no Uh, what's your favorite song Tell me when to go. Oh, tell, tell me when to go. And tell me when to go. Don't got no bad words. It doesn't. Oh, wow. What about that? Jesus Christ had dreads. So shake Oh, them. shake them. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is clean music right there. There you go. Talk about Jesus. And dreads and shaking it. Yeah. Right. All the things. Turn tight ones, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Amani, when is this, uh, this, um, react black when when can we find it where where can we find it shout out your social medias and all your things um so that people can can follow along and 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 react black with you even if they're not black yes yeah so we did it on twitch uh twitch.tv slash some of man um it's in our bio to oakland mind on instagram the bio got all the stuff. We're going to make a bunch of clips because we went in for like an hour and 45 minutes. We had all these different topics. Wow. <laughs> so we're going to clip it up for people to, to watch digest. on yeah, YouTube totally. as they please. Anything with the Oakland mind, you can find it. And, uh, you know, look forward to doing more and cross-pollinating. Yeah. And the hey. and intersectional identities. And- <laughs> okay, Amani, last thing before you go. Do you do you find think it's funny when people celebrate the solstices and the equinoxes now? <laughs> Have you always first of all, are you a celebrator of the solstices and the equinoxes? Yeah. Do you go out and get melanated vitamin D sun and all that shit? And the equinox. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, the answer is the no. Blood moon. <laughs> I, I do, though, kind of. I wake up every day and I look at astrology shit. Just to know if I'm going to be a bitch or not, you know? <laughs> Fine. Like, I Whatever. can't help it. It's in the stars. <laughs> I think it's dope that so many things are created on this planet Earth. You can find patterns and make connections with so many things. And if people are doing that in a way that helps them to live in a way that's good for themselves and that they'll show up and be treat other people well, then it's great for those people, whatever those things are. I love that there answer. That's a way that's a really good way to end it. I think that you <laughs> need to be like the diplomat of social media trolls. Like you're so good at it. <laughs> I'm gonna tag you on something. There's no pay in it, but <laughs> I'm tag both of y'all on this thread that Najee has, so you can see the shenanigans, and then and then I'm if... all for the shenanigans. Yeah, see it. Well, thank you, sister. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Um, yeah, and we'll talk soon. Okay, wait. Can I ask you one question? Yes. Favorite part of the video or the song. Oh, the snake. Because, like, I understand in mythology, the snake represents kundalini energy. So when the snake kisses him, I saw that as enlightenment more so than I saw it as, like, the snake in the garden or whatever the case is. And I completely have a new interpretation of the snake in the garden of Eden and all of that stuff. So that was my favorite part. No. I'm going to do a fucking 180. And I like when he was getting busy on Satan. I think it's hot. Of course you did. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for more after all this fucking hubbub about it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't it's watch really good one. Dancer. Yeah, one part I couldn't watch because I don't like to see people tongue other people down is when he licks the part where the tongue is licking. I I just oh. I don't like to see people's tongues unless they're mine. Oh really? So like. But, like in Scary Movie 3 when they're like kissing and it's like the saliva <laughs> attaching? Yeah, I can't. No, I cannot deal with it. It like makes you me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Doesn't it like come out and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it makes me so uncomfortable. But I just love the call me by your name concept. Because if I was to say like, I love you, Amani, even I'm I'm at home and in private. To me, it makes me think like I'm telling myself I love myself. It's like an affirmation. Mm. Like, ooh, like, or if I said to Najee, like, I love you, Imani. Like, even if I'm telling you I love you, I'm still telling myself I love That's myself. That's so funny. You're looking in Najee's eyes and like, I love you, Imani. Right, right. That's the funniest wow. shit ever. I'm going to do that. It's a reference to a film, a coming of age gay film. Wow. I found out. Call me by your name. Oh, that's cool. He's very yeah. intelligent and artistic. And I think his voice is great. And I love the visuals he chose. And I think he's a great dancer. So I think he's a star. Them wigs. That kid's a star. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Check us out on Spotify and the Block 105. <laughs> Email us questions, comments, and topics at Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world. Lil MC. Amani. Peace and love. Well, Peace. <laughs> I'm complicated. Don't put me in a box. Don't put me in a box. Cause my box that loud. My neighbors know my name.
jet ski So fly now they tryna ride my jet stream Devil gon' get me knows what I wanna do What's going on? Got last night on replay I can't leave it alone Save the conversation Baby I'm ready to go You're taking me to places I swear that I've been here before oh, oh, oh. Got that deja vu Deja vu Deja vu Need a goat, not a dog Better keep your paws off me Keep that energy This mixed bitch got pedigree Does this look like a zoo to you? Why the fuck you petting me? Whoa, I'm a bad girl like Riri Good boys love me like Kiki Probably cause I keep this kitty Leaky like Nini I like it round like sashimi I'm the female ODB Need my man stiff and dirty Like my martinis Lights out My career about to take off I've been in my book and working You should keep your day job You dudes becoming must be cuffing season, my man knows just to keep me Gotta clean my muffler weekly, Ooh, look away before I shoot I know that I'm going in, little in the car or two Shit harassed, don't match your thighs, I've been working on my glutes When you see me from behind, give my baby deja vu, deja vu, deja vu I'm complicated, don't put me in a box Cause my box that loud, my neighbors know my name up and down my block Jet ski, so fly now. They try to ride my jet stream. Devil gon' tempt me, knows what I wanna do. What's going on? Got last night on replay. I can't leave it alone. Save the conversation, baby. I'm ready to go. You're taking me to places. I swear that I've been here before. Deja vu, deja vu, deja vu, ooh, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu.